0: Thank you and enjoy today's message.
1: Hey everybody, a big how are you from the mothership? I uh, just wanted to get some things out to you while we're in this time of shutdown and uh, in this second week of our not gathering together to uh, speak some things from my heart and um, hopefully feed your spirit a little bit and uh, help the peace of God to reign in you in, uh, in all of this journey. It's a beautiful day outside, sun's shining, and I'm reminded of uh, the words of Scripture that say that um, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and summer and winter um, will not cease to turn up. So, uh, yeah, there will be better days. The sun's going to shine. This too will pass, so um, be encouraged. Um, I have been obsessed for the last... uh, Week and a half with um, with some thoughts from um, the Old Testament of the Bible, from from actually the book of One Kings, and uh, it's the story of um, of the prophet Elijah. Great story. I mean, these things are you know equal to or greater than um, a lot of the uh, novel, legend, historic stuff that we. Uh, that we like to read and uh, well worth the read and uh, um, this story of Elijah who was you know, one of the great prophets of the nation of Israel um, starts in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and, and what I want to talk to you about not just in this um, presentation but, but also in at least one more subsequent one is um, the events that are recorded in chapter 17 and chapter, through chapter 19 from when Elijah bursts on the scene, but you'll you'll see from what I want to talk to you about that <clears throat> there are some great, uh, significant relevances from which I think we can draw some wisdom at a time like this. Uh, forgive me if I keep looking off to, to the side. Um, I've just got my notes there, and uh, I am not a technophile, but I'm not bright enough to figure out how I can have them straight in front of me, and I don't have any idiot cards uh, probably because we've got no idiots in the house um, who can hold cards, uh, except possibly me. But then I'm this side of the camera, so there you go. Um, anyway, this 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 whole narrative from Wonking uh, 17 to 19, uh, it's a story that's absolutely rich with metaphor and and with magic. For a time like this, um, it includes self isolation empty shelves <clears throat> obedience the need for change um helping and serving others ahead of our own needs and uh unexpected sources of provision uh so the outcome the the outcome uh, is that those in the remit of the story um had enough and uh that's part of my thrust and my drive to you today in In talking about this we're introduced to the story with this um guy called Elijah bursting on the scene and um I suppose with great vigor and self confidence in in his prophetic gift pushing him from the inside to come out and and can 't say a word on that at the moment. people are prophetic like me um there's lots I wouldn't and can't say at the moment because the prophetic heart tends to see not what is but beyond what is, and and maybe we'll talk about some of those uh, thoughts and ideas at a more appropriate time. But onto the scene, buzz Elijah and um, gets an audience with the king and tells the king it's not going to rain until I say. Now, I don't want to go into all the um, all the stuff about how people would perceive judgments for behaviours and unrighteous kings, etc., etc. I mean uh, you know, that that's that's a whole different debate. What I want to pick up on is is really what I believe the words of scripture, the narrative of this ancient book is trying to convey to us today in March, um twenty twenty, in the middle of um the COVID nineteen scare, uh and how it might um, touch and affect our lives. So so he comes in, of course, he says there'll be no rain. Now, that's really setting the scenario for a series of events uh, out of which I want to draw the thoughts, because obviously if there's no rain on the land, then that produces a state of drought, and if there's a state of drought, that produces a state of famine. So we've got this backdrop here of of drought, famine, Lack. What do you do in the midst of this situation to survive, to thrive, um, to understand, to make it? Well, we finish up with um, Elijah, Um, of course, you know, he he becomes the victims of his own prophecy and his own words because having said it's not going to rain, of course, you know, the famine... Uh, the drought and the famine that come also affect Elijah, who said there would be no rain, uh, okay, without getting too controversial um the words that we speak and the things that we put in place are never confined to the moment in which those words were spoken, or what those words were designed to put in place is put in place. it goes. Beyond that, and now Elijah finds himself in a situation where what he has said and released has produced scenarios that he probably did not expect to the degree that he's now experiencing them. And so, within all this, we also get um, this wonderful thing called grace that that pervades our universe. It's it's a God thing that. That flows and works and 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 we need to be conscious that 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 grace is there for all of us that, that favor and and something that flows that uh we want to latch onto and attach to and receive it it's the same grace that we've talked about um uh in the last few weeks when we were able to gather on a sunday that that this miracle that even the bible narrative covers this and i believe um uh, science also holds this 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 understanding that life comes out of chaos that so the clashing together of all the things that that we would term as chaos are the very things that, in their banging together and coming together and working uh they 're the very things that produce the building blocks and the essence of that which is life and let there be something coming out of it and I believe this situation is no different and can be no different if you will engage and understand that even in the chaos of your own life, there is a let there be, like it says in Genesis chapter 1, that can bring life from the chaos. Chaos is not the end of life. If you look at it from the correct perspective, chaos is the beginning of a life. And uh, I want you to have a big expectation that there are some new beginnings, uh, even for us as Q. What's this saying to us? as a family and how we do church and what we believe the good news is and who it's for. So um, let that affect you anyway. um, So Elijah as the victim, one could say, although we don't have victim mentality, but as the victim of his own confession, uh, here's a word from God that says, go to the brook Kerith." Now, um, he Obey. So sometimes we have to be obedient um, to what uh, what's being said. That that might help us in the situation. And um, so anyway, Elijah clears off into the into the hills, into the mountains, to this place where there is a brook that's still flowing uh, called Kerith. Now, what's interesting there is that. While he's at the Brook Kerris, something amazing happens. Now, whether whether you believe this is literal or, or whether this is metaphorical, uh, I believe it is nevertheless true as an amazing principle that I think if you can grasp it at this time, uh, will affect your expectations and your anticipation of what may happen within the midst of all that's going on, because uh, the story records in, in this chapter 17 of 1 Kings that that ravens came every morning and every evening and they brought bread and they brought meat and they gave it, deposited it for Elijah to eat. Now, some of you clean freaks would say, I ain't eating nothing that comes out of the mouth of... Um, uh, of a raven you know it's a carrion bird it it, it it feeds off scraps and carcasses and and uh you know don't don't have that attitude because some of you will say I don't want anything that comes from a conservative government I don't want anything that comes from a labor government I don't want anything that comes from a social democratic perspective I don't want anything that comes from x I don't want anything that comes from y And uh, we, we have all these perceptions sometimes that are prejudices within us, that sometimes our very own prejudices will not allow us to receive and to thrive within a situation. Don't have prejudices in this situation. We all have views and we all have opinions, but don't let them create prejudices because prejudices create judgments and judgments create sentences and sentences create consequences that have to be carried out and the end result of that is never good and it's never life so let's not be a bunch of accusers Uh, so the story says that these ravens brought bread and meat now the the essence of the story is that ravens which are carrion birds uh, there's no way that they are voluntarily giving up that which was theirs But the miracle is that somehow something that would not voluntarily give up that which belongs to it, by some interactive process, becomes willing to give up that that it would normally give up. This this is a, it's a message of provision from unexpected places, it's a message of, of things being let go that normally you would not expect to be let go it's a message of someone else's spoils becoming your provision uh, and it's an unexpected and in many ways you could say unrealistic thing and yet i believe the narrative is trying to get through to us that those things will happen in these kind of times and situations And uh, that we should be willing to find our brook kerith, our place of peace, our our place where there is a flow of sustenance and believe that, that I would put it this way, that God will provide. Some of you might say that the universe will provide and nature will provide. I I like to put it the way that I believe that God will provide, that things will be given up into your hands that you could not normally expect. Uh, So be in that place uh, uh, with a willingness to receive because this was the experience of Elijah's self-isolation get the point clever thank you you're welcome I'll see myself out okay so um, the other point is this that throughout all of this situation uh, of which Elijah himself was in essence you could say partly to blame uh, he had enough and uh, in this situation we're in, all that we all need is enough, okay? Uh, I think it's extremely sad, the hoarding that's going on. Uh, there is a principle in um, in social understanding that is to do with why herds stampede. So, you know, why does a herd of buffalo or a herd of, of, of cows or whatever, why do they stampede? And... Uh, they do it because one or two creatures get spooked and then all the other creatures get spooked not because they know what they're spooked about but because the other two creatures got spooked so now everybody's going to do what the two do who originally got spooked who may not have even been spooked by anything legitimate you know it might have just been a noise or something out of the corner of the eye that may not be something that you should be spooked about but now the whole herd goes into stampede mode and, you know, anything in their path gets run over and crushed. And it's the it's a herd stampede mentality because we didn't think, why did these two creatures get spooked? We just thought, what's happening? They're running, we're running, they're stampeding, we're stampeding. Uh, please try and avoid this. You know, we want to care for people. It brought my heart to see... Uh, You know, I say little old guy, you know, I'm probably a little old guy now to some degree, I'll be 64 next week. Uh, You know where I live, you know what I like, Um, all gifts greatly received. No, seriously, Um, uh, you know, to see the shelves empty and also to realise that some people don't have enough money, don't have credit cards to buy stocks to fill their garages to last them you know, for the next 15 years or whatever. And, and to see the health workers as well, finishing their shifts and not able to get food to their family. Horrible, not good. Uh, let's be an example to people of um, of kindness and uh, realise that if we are kind and if we understand how these things work and we understand how, how life will deliver to us um, what we need, and uh, and that there is for me a divine presence that works in that and with that and through that, then we will have enough and we'll be able to be a blessing to others. So please don't be one of these people who hoard stuff. Um, help people, serve people. So anyway, the point is uh, through these unexpected things that the point is that they, they they through all of it had enough. My prayer, my belief, my desire my hope, my expectation for all of us within this and until this thing passes is that you will have enough. I want you to grab that today. It's my, it's my hope, my faith for you. You will have enough. The ravens will be there for you just as they were for Elijah and the brook will give you sustenance in your soul so that you can be at peace. Um, so our lessons learn to expect sustenance and provision from unexpected places, because um, it says God commanded the ravens. Uh, okay, but then it gets it gets a little crazy because um, as it is with life. Then the brook dried up. Now I'll talk a little bit more when I do another talk about this, but you know we can be in a faithless space that is all about, yeah, but what about, and, and there are lots of, what, well, what about this and what about that, what about this person, what about that sickness, what about, and, and we we can live in that space if we wish, but there's no life and no hope in that space, you know, so yeah, there are lots of what abouts, I'll talk about that um, in another in another talk, but, but just for the moment, just, the brook did dry up, okay, um, I suppose the question that rose in me was what do you do when the brook flowing through your soul dries up when the thing that that gives you your your drink your, your 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 quenches the thirst probably is a good way of saying it on the inside what what happens when that dries up when you reach that point i suppose we could go into the place of uh, disappointment disillusionment um doubt fear uh, because sometimes the brook dries up but but sometimes those changes where 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 the brook brook flowing through our soul the thing of sustenance that we have that's keeping us going when when that dries up it's it it it, it's sometimes and um might i dare to say often because we are being pushed to move on to a new place now Don't anybody say um, that that's about moving on from Q? Because I will. No, not. I won't really. I just don't want you to interpret that. Because we love you and we want you with us. But, but in our hearts, in our lives, in our thinking, in our mentality, in our planning, in our in our processes, in our vision, um, things happen to make us move on to a new place and the truth is if we stay where we are and try to exist where we were then we will die of thirst we we will die of famine because the ravens are not coming anymore now to that place because that's not the place that you're supposed to be so so there, there is a point will be a point I've reached that point I don't know wherever it is in this of the challenge for us individually corporately to move on to a new place and that's what happened with Elijah but in order for him to do that the, the brook that was sustaining him flowing through his soul had to dry up so 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 if you see that happening in some way however you would interpret this I know it's a metaphor and I love metaphors I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a romantic storyteller in that but you, I think you all know what I mean. Sometimes that thing just dries up and you stay and you die or you move on to a new place. I, I think I think some of this that's happening is the challenge and will be the challenge for us to move on to a new place. So, so anyway, Elijah moves on and he is sent to a place called Zarephath, which is a coastal region in current day Lebanon. So he's he's in essence he's out of his um out of his comfort zone, out of his place, and uh he's told to go there and he meets a widow. Um whenever widow crops up in in narrative ancient narrative and stories like this in the Bible or References. It's always pointing you initially that this is a person living in from and through a place of loss. Um, Again, it's it's a metaphorical time bomb that's supposed to go off in your spirit to say all that's happening with this person is happening from a root of loss. There's a place of loss that is shaping how this person thinks, uh, and there's also. Giving you insight to their their need, their emotion, their heart, so there's this this widow, and uh, just as the instruction says, "Don't touch your face um don't don't do what I just did uh anyway um, she is collecting firewood, and the reason she's doing it, the narrative says is because. In this drought and famine, um, in this crisis, in this pandemic, um, she has a fatalistic mindset that once it might be justified, we don't know if she's lost her husband during the crisis we don't know if she's been a widow for a long time we don't know that the widow thing is just alerting us to that situation and where her head is is she's going out to collect firewood because at home she has a, a, a small jug of oil and she has a jar of flour And the narrative says, that the story says, that she was going out to get the firewood so she could make a cake with the oil and the flour to bake so that her and her son, which would seem to be her only son, that her and her son could eat this last meal together before they died of starvation and lack see that the mentality that's going on, this fatalistic picture that's being painted. And um, her mentality was, I only have enough to die, but not enough to live. I find that challenging at a time like this, because our own mentality can be uh, speaking to us from the back of the mind. He is saying... It's over, you only have enough to die but not enough to live, which is why this is a follow-on story from the, from the uh, ravens at the brook. This has now taken us in another direction of instruction and help. What happens when the brook running through your soul dries up? What happens when you have to move on to an unexpected place? So so with this woman there's this sense of finality, of imminent doom which which i'm sure you realize at this time that can be the mentality that we have to guard against you know we've got to take our one our one jug of oil and our one jar of flour and bake our last meal and woe is us and um so this woman had planned that her and her only son would eat together and then await the inevitable coming death But Elijah now comes along and Elijah's sent to her and that's also an interesting part of the story that's trying to convey something to us which he sent to her of all the widows in all the lands why her? And this is where again you can say but what about all the other widows in the land? Yeah I get that but but Let's just focus this in a little bit um, because the message is about one of the importance of this woman. She is not invisible. Her plight is not without notice or recognition. She is not forgotten. And there is a wider story here trying to be conveyed from scripture that we can be like the widow of Zarephath who living from a place in a space of loss and 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 finality and um uh, and a sense of of death rather than life need to realize that we are not unnoticed not unrecognized not unseen that there is something someone working for us and towards us that's trying to say this is not about no other widow's matter it's about you need to know that you are not invisible, you count, you matter, and the lesson and wisdom that comes in this is taking us is taking us on another step of this this journey of help and instruction. But what happens next is crazy because Elijah presents this ridiculous request to the woman. Um, she's already told him that she has this this one jug of oil and this one jar of flour and she's going to bake it and her and her son are going to die Um, Elijah says first bake me a cake and then bake one for you of your son first bake me a cake and then bake one for you of your son well it's like well I don't have enough to do that and uh, if our mentality is such that we have a, have a holding-keeping spirit rather than a giving spirit, the truth is what we have will never produce what it could produce that would bring multiplication and life to us. So we've now come the ravens. It's one thing to <coughs> excuse me. It's one thing to do you like the mug. Skull mug, Day of the Dead, and say, well, ooh, that's got to curse the message. I don't think so. Anyway, um, you know, it's one thing to read a story about ravens giving up their meat and their bread. Um, you know, because that's ravens, you know, God speak to the ravens. But this is now about people. It's about me and it's about you putting somebody else first above our own needs, being willing to share what we have, being willing to take what we have and put someone else's need ahead of our own, believing and trusting that as we put someone else's need ahead of our own, our own need will be met in the process. This is a fantastic, spiritual, godly biblical intensely human caring attitude to have that really i believe the spirit of jesus was that when we do that and if we do this for others you know even that even the uh the universal truth do to others as you would have them do to you you know um, you will reap what you sow with the measure that you give it will be given back to you given you will receive some things that we we like other people to do that we like ravens to do that from the unexpected but but this story is bringing us back to saying what about you what about your heart what about your willingness can you have the spirit of christ in this situation in the way that you handle the resources that you have in the context not only of yourself and others. Yes, we understand that you've had loss. Yes, we understand that there has been lack. Yes, we understand that the situation is speaking to you of fatality. But in the midst of all that, remember this woman's not got a larder full, she's not got a fridge full, a freezer full. In the midst of all that sense of disaster, are you willing to give... Because somehow it seems that in the universe, in in the world, in what the Bible might call the kingdom, when you do that, something gets released into what you have that changes the nature of what you have. So first bake me a cake and then bake one for you and your son. A big ask. And uh, So this story is a continuation. Let me read you this. It's one thing to believe the ravens in your life, whoever or whatever that means to you, will let go of what they have for your benefit. But, but to be willing to give what you have at risk of your own well-being to sustain somebody else, that's another issue. Now that's a whole different challenge of faith in the realm of trust and provision. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the story: the jar of flour and the jug of oil. The story records did not run out until the crisis, until the famine was over. Something happened in within the essence of what that woman had that sustained her through the whole length of the crisis, the, the famine. The, the, the difficulty uh, it's a miracle of multiplication within the giving and uh, in in the willingness to do that that what the story is conveying to us there's something in that spirit and in that doing that causes a situation where where you always have enough that the, the point of the story is that she always had enough. Now, it's not about excess, extravagance. She always had enough, and uh, I put it this way many years ago, enough to live and enough to give. The, the true definition of enough is not just, is not just you getting by and, uh, you know, Jack can look after himself. The, the real definition and essence of, of the true enough that reflects the heart of God in humanity is enough to live and enough to give. That's where we want to be in every dimension, in our provisions, in our hospitality. However, best we can do that and maintain connection with each other. We want to do that um, in our in our words, in our in our conversation. Uh, always having enough to live and enough to give, because what happened was Elijah was sustained, and the woman was sustained, and her son was sustained, <clears throat> and the lesson being in that that increase does not come from keeping but it comes from giving so if you want to know how to make it through this, then I want you to do a couple of things first of all, believe that that there will be sustenance that 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 from unexpected sources uh, bread and meat, as this story puts it will will come to you and be released i'm very grateful for the government's decision to cover. Uh, wages of people. I mean, I think there's some some amazing things happening at the moment. There are many things we could say about the ongoing issue of that. But, but let's believe even in the dimension of spirit. I believe in supernatural. I, I believe in this crazy thing in the universe that all began with the chaos. Boom, bang, and out of it has come life and everything that we know and everything that we enjoy, something comes out of chaos. So I want you to believe that there are ravens for you with bread and meat and they will give it up for you against their own nature so that you have provision. But I also want you to know that as the brook sometimes dries up within us and we are made to go to a new place in our heart, mind, spirit life, that in that place we will have experiences that will teach us about being caring, about being loving, about others who in their loss and in their lack are needing something that will carry them beyond the day that it's not just I have enough to die but that their heart will be changed to I have enough to live because the people like you and me who come into their lives come saying we just have enough but we have enough to live and not only that but we have enough to live and we have enough to give and we can be a blessing in the middle of all this situation so love one another care for one another Belief for one another and my praying is that the peace of God that passes understanding will fill your heart and mind at this season. Now we're not doing services online like some other people. What we do doesn't readily translate but uh, listen to some good music as well. The song that's been going around in my head for days now is uh, When the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will rise with you above the storm i'll be still and know that you are god that's that's going round in me be still and know that he is god i'm living in that the other one that touched me if you're not into uh kind of worship songs and church songs is see as i'm alive it all starts with the disaster of where you come from and where she was born um you know but but she finishes up singing i'm alive i'm alive and uh, celebrate life today you're alive okay and you're going to live and uh, we're going to help and we're going to be a blessing so so if you need to take some music on board to lift your spirit then um, you know then there's uh, there's all that kind of stuff but I'll I'll try and keep just feeding you some thoughts I hope this has been helpful and uh, I bless you in Christ's name that the spirit of Christ will pervade everything within you that that which is transcendent through all time and space that's always been and is always flowing and uh, that has made this world and the beauty go on for all this time will make you go on for a lot longer yet so we bless you we love you and uh, please let us know if we can serve you in any way if we can help you got lots of people saying I can pick up groceries I can transport I can do Uh, we want to help you especially those who are vulnerable please give us a shout because we love you we care and um, uh, yeah so love you and I'll catch you next time
0: thanks for listening to another Q York podcast if you've been inspired by what you've heard today then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from we love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.